Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Experiential Table Podcast. I'm Cynthia Simonian, your host and creator of Cooking Class Business School. Now, this episode is a format that I have been so excited to finally get out there. It is my Quick Bites Q&A. This is your opportunity to hear me answer real questions that I get asked from my students in Cooking Class Business School and my greater community around a hot topic. Now, today's topic is all about defining your online cooking classes, meaning what type of class should you teach? How much should you charge? Yes, we're going to talk through all of these juicy questions today. So get ready. This is going to be a short but info-packed episode with some really great tips to help you define your online cooking classes. All right, let's get right to it with our questions. Here is our first one. Cynthia, I'm struggling to come up with new online class ideas week after week. What do you suggest? Oh my goodness. This is definitely a question that I get asked often, especially when students come to cooking class business school and they think that they actually have to create a calendar of classes that are unique week after week after week. Now, here is my unpopular opinion. (laughs) I believe that less is more. I actually don't think you need to have a variety of classes in order to have a successful, profitable online cooking class business. In fact, I'm going to go even further and say that the more variety you have, the more options, the more uh, range of classes that you offer, the less profitable you'll be. Because think about it. Every time you come up with a new class idea, you have to test recipes. You have to get your photos ready to go. You have to do all of the marketing This takes time, effort, and money, right? So when you have to exert more of that energy for every single class that you create, well, that's going to come out of your bottom line. So rather than try and offer a new class every single week, here's what I would recommend doing. Focus on a few of your signature classes that really, really speak to your niche. Or as I talk about in Cooking Class Business School, your ISA, which is your ideal student avatar. It's that dream student that you want to attract. Now, think of just a few classes that you could offer and work on promoting those to more people rather than trying to get your loyal students to come back for more. You will get to a point where you will need to give them more classes and more variety. But in the beginning, if you're just starting out, I wouldn't focus on that. In fact, what I would do is focus on bringing more people to those signature classes that you offer. So let's walk through an example to make this a little bit more concrete. Let's say that you teach sushi making. Now, think about it. There are so many different types of classes you could offer. You could teach roles based off of seasonal vegetables and produce. You could teach, you know, a specific type of role only. I mean, there's so much that you could do. Now, rather than try to offer a different kind of sushi experience multiple times a month, right? So every week you have a different type of sushi class. Ask yourself, what are the most popular classes that your ideal student would want to take? Maybe you have an idea based off of 
classes you've done in the past. Or maybe you can make a really educated guess based on conversations you've had with your ideal student. Now, maybe you decide that you want to teach a class on hand rolls, a class on sushi rolling basics, and maybe a kid's sushi making class, right? There's no right or wrong here. It kind of just depends on what you gather from your research and what your gut is telling you based on your expertise as the instructor. So what you would want to do is focus on those three classes and offer them regularly. So even though you know people on your email list may have taken those classes, they may not be wanting to take that class again, and that's okay. But they'll tell their friends and they'll brag about how great your class was. And then they'll actually be able to find that class because it's something that you're teaching often enough. You will become known for these classes. You will be the expert, the authority in these classes. And this is how you begin to make a name for yourself. Now, at some point, as I mentioned earlier, your super fans, those people who have taken every single class of yours, they are knocking on your door, they want more. Yes, they are going to get bored and they're going to say, give me more classes. I want to take the advanced version. I want to do even more. But you've got to just sit tight and know that they will be there when you're ready. When it comes to growing your online cooking class business, right? Taking it from just serving the same 20 people to serving 200 or 2000 people, you have to grow by getting more students, not selling more classes to your existing students. There is a time and place for that. But in the beginning, you've got to expand your reach and bring more people into your world. And by focusing on a few classes, and not having to reinvent the wheel every week, you can now spend more of your time marketing your classes, getting the word out there, rather than having to do all of the work it takes to create new classes from scratch. All right, now let's move on to our next question. Hi, Cynthia. I want to offer an online cooking class membership because I love the idea of not having to sell individual classes. I hear you. (laughs) How do I get started? Okay, so I love this question and I love talking about memberships because once upon a time, I had a membership and it was something that I created because I didn't want to lose touch with my cooking class business school students. And at the end of the day, I pulled the plug on it. There are a lot of reasons why memberships make sense and we're going to talk about that. But if you're looking at a membership as kind of a quick, easy way to make recurring revenue every single month, I'm here to burst your bubble and tell you that's not necessarily how it works. Your membership has to make sense when you look at the numbers, okay? So let's start off by talking about why memberships are appealing in the first place, okay? So when you have a membership, you have people who are paying you month after month usually, and you get that recurring revenue, meaning you don't have to ask for $25 every month from them through a new class or anything like that. When they sign up for your membership, it's like Netflix, right? They just bill you every month. So that recurring revenue is really great. It takes some of the pressure off of having to sell to the same people every single month or finding new people to sell to. The other benefit of a membership is that you get to really build a community. And this is one of the reasons why I started my membership. 
I loved staying in touch with my alums. And so if you are the type of person who likes to kind of build those relationships and engage with your students after they've left your class experience, then a membership could be a really great option for you. A lot of it comes down to your personality and you know if you actually want to continue those relationships with your students. If you want to really get to know your members, if you want to help facilitate a transformation. So this is something that's really important, especially if you are teaching a culinary niche that relies on habits. So think about meal prep, or some of you are teaching people how to use food as a medicine, right? These are the types of things that these lessons that you're teaching people are not just a one and done, come take a 60 minute class and you're good to go. Your students could benefit from a membership because they need to build on those habits and they need to work on them regularly. And so having you there, having a community can help them actually achieve the transformation that they are desiring. But like I hinted at earlier, (laughs) memberships can be deceiving. Okay. So while all of that sounds great, let's think about the math here. Let's think about whether or not it would make sense for you to dive into a membership today. So some of you may think like, well, Cynthia, I just need a hundred people to pay me $29 a month. And then I have $2,900 a month coming in, right? That's a lot of money. A hundred people paying you just $29 a month could bring you $2,900 a month. However, getting those 100 people to pay you month after month is actually pretty hard. You may have a bunch of followers on Instagram, or you may have an email list with 500 people. And you're like, well, those are 500 people who are getting my emails. I'm sure I could get a hundred of those people to sign up. Well, here's the thing. That's a 20% conversion rate, right? So if you have 500 people on your email list, Getting 100 people to join your membership means that 20% have signed up. That is a very high conversion rate. Most online business owners would drool at 5%, 7%, 8%. So 20% is really, really high. You've got to be realistic. And you ultimately need a big audience for you to then move the needle financially. You've got to be realistic with your numbers. For you to get 100 people to pay you $29 a month means that you need to have at least a 1,000 people on your email list, probably more. Ultimately, you need to have a big pool of people to then market your membership to. Otherwise, if you are banking on a 20%, 30% conversion rate, you are going to find yourself pretty disappointed because it just doesn't work out that way for most online business owners. So my advice, if you are thinking of offering a membership, if that's your ultimate goal, my advice is to make sure that you really know your audience and you know your ideal student. So if you haven't taught individual classes before, if you really just want to move right into memberships, I'm going to just caution you. Start with individual classes teach those one-off classes, get to know what your students want. And then you can move into, say, a series of classes. Offer a five-week series or a six-week series where people sign up and they go through that transformation with you over 
a, an extended period of time. While you're doing that, you can work on growing your audience through partnerships. So you can collaborate with other instructors, other culinary businesses, nonprofits. This is exactly the type of stuff I cover in cooking class business school. So many people come to the program thinking that I'm just going to show them what camera to use and what website to sell their classes on. This right here, what we're talking about, this is your marketing funnel. This is what's so important. It doesn't matter what you end up selling. You have to have a funnel to bring people in. So if your goal one day is to have a cooking class membership, I'm not here to tell you it's not possible, but you have to take steps to get there. And so if you haven't taught before, or let's say you've taught some classes, but your audience just isn't there yet in terms of size, you've got to continue teaching and growing your audience through really smart strategies. And the strategies I mentioned, by the way, these partnership strategies don't cost you anything other than time. So some people think that they have to spend money on Facebook ads to grow their audience. And while that is one way to do it, that's not the only way. So once again, this is exactly what I cover in Cooking Class Business School. I'm giving you a sneak peek, a little preview here. But at the end of the day, what you need to think about is your marketing funnel. How do you attract your ideal student to your business? How do you build a relationship with them through classes and then get them to a place where they are excited to be part of your membership? Now, I mentioned earlier that I also had a membership, but I shut it down. And so for me, it was because it just simply didn't make sense in my business. I was spreading myself too thin. And so I knew that cooking class business school was my priority and that the membership that I created was simply my way of holding on to those awesome alumni who, frankly, you know, I had felt like we had become friends and I didn't want to let them go. So for me, I had a moment where I realized a membership only makes sense if I can really add value and if I can do it right, if I can help up-level their marketing, if I can provide content and coaching and do so much more than just setting up a Facebook group and hosting a Q&A here and there. So you have to be honest with yourself. If you want to start a membership, ask yourself why. What is the purpose of that membership? And then make sure that you are committed to doing the work because it takes a lot of work to keep people engaged and of course paying month after month to be in your membership. It isn't a guarantee that they'll stay there forever. And so if you think that you can just get them in and then show up every now and then and they'll be good to go, I'm sorry, but that's totally the wrong approach. You have to continue to think about fresh content, ways to keep them excited. And that takes so much time, which is why I decided to pull the plug on it. And you know, this is me just being very open and honest about the behind the scenes of my business. There was no way that I could give my membership what it deserved and what its members deserved while also doing cooking class business school. So don't spread yourself too thin. A membership is a commitment. And so even if you have the audience size, even if the numbers work in your favor, think about all the other things you have going on and understand that if you decide to create a membership, that time and that effort, those resources have to come from somewhere else. Now we have some great past episodes with culinary pros who have started successful memberships. So 
be sure to tune into episode 23 with Marsha Smart. And we also have episode 27 with Stephanie Dreyer. Each of them has created memberships that are very different. But in the episodes, we talk about the ups and downs and what it really takes to have a successful membership. All right. Now, this next question is a big one. That's why I'm saving it for the end. And it's this. Cynthia, how do I decide what to charge for my online cooking classes? Uh, Now, this is a question that I have a love-hate relationship with. I love it because I think it's a smart question. I think it's an important question to ask, but I don't really love answering it because usually, most of the time, my answer is kind of a non-answer, meaning there is no right or wrong answer here. But what this question allows me to do is help you think about how you should be pricing rather than give you a number. I'm not going to hop on here and tell you you should be charging $35 or $100 or $75. I don't know what your experience is. But what I can do is help you think about the different factors that come into play when considering your pricing. Now, I will caveat this by saying that most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time when I talk with culinary pros, they are charging too little. So they're telling me that they're charging $10 a class or $15 a class or less than 25, which I just have a hard time, which makes it really hard to run a business unless you are doing a ton of volume. Like you have a hundred people in a class or 150 people in a class. That's not typically the case. So let's talk about a few things to consider when you are working through your pricing. Like I said, I'm not going to tell you the right or wrong price, but I will give you some things to think about. Okay. Now, the first is your financial goals. You have to think about your financial goals as a business owner. So what do you need to charge to break even? What do you need to charge to make a profit that you're happy with? These are the questions to consider Rather than just picking a number or looking around and seeing what everyone else is charging, you don't know what their business costs are. You don't know what their expenses are. You don't know what their goals are. So only you, as the CEO of your business, can decide what your financial goals are for your online cooking classes. And that is where you have to start. In fact, in Cooking Class Business School, in one of the early modules, I give my students a pricing calculator. And that is what helps them think about their price because I don't want them to just pick a price out of thin air or look around and see what someone else is charging. I want them to think about all of the costs associated with their classes. And the calculator helps them work through different scenarios. So there are many ways to get to a certain goal. For example, if you want to make $2,000 a month in sales teaching online, well, there are different ways you could do that. You could do that by teaching two classes a month at $50 a person and get 20 people to sign up. Two times 50 times 20, that gets you to 2,000. Or you could teach four classes a month instead of two and charge $100 per person and get five people to sign up for each class. Now, those are very different experiences, right? They're different price points. And so you have to think about what makes sense for you. And that's going to bring us to my next tip. But just know that you have to set that goal. And then you can work backwards and say, well, if my goal is $2,000 a month, 
how can I get there based on number of classes and how much I charge per person? Now, of course, some of this is guesswork, right? None of this is guaranteed. So you could say that you want to teach two classes a month and you want to charge $50 a person. Those things you can control, but you can't control how many people sign up. But at least you've set a goal. You're not just flying blind. You have a target. And so if you know that your goal is to get 20 people to sign up for each of those classes, well, now you can start creating a marketing strategy, creating a promotional plan, and putting that into action. After you think about your financial goals, you then need to think about your ideal student. Who is that perfect student that can't wait to sign up for your class? You need to attract them with your pricing. So think about what do they care about? What do they want to learn from you? Why would they sign up from you versus another instructor that teaches something similar? These are really introspective questions that we talk about in Cooking Class Business School. It's one of the first modules that my students go through because you've got to understand what sets you apart. And then why would your dream student come to you for that? But here's the thing. Most people think that cheaper is better when it comes to pricing. So you may say, well, my ideal student wants to take the class that's the cheapest, of course. If I'm teaching pasta making and someone else is teaching pasta making, well, they're going to go for the cheaper experience. That is a huge, huge, huge mistake. I don't want you to fall into that trap of thinking that everyone wants the cheaper experience. That's just not true. Now, if you don't believe me, let's take a step outside our culinary world and look at another industry. Let's look at the beauty space, right? Why would one person pay $20 for a haircut and another person pay $200? Isn't a haircut just a haircut? Of course not. They are different. You're paying for the experience. You're paying for a specific stylist. You're paying for, you know, what that feeling of being at a high end salon. There's a reason why someone's paying $20. They are paying for the utility. They just want that haircut, right? They don't care about using fancy shampoo or getting a scalp massage or a blowout or whatever it may be. So there is something for everyone. There is a price point for everyone. And if you just think that your ideal student is going to go for the cheaper experience, you're doing yourself a disservice because that simply is not a blanket statement that you can make. Some people want to pay more for a premium experience. And if that's something that you offer, if that's something that you think is a good fit for you and your classes then you absolutely should reflect that in your pricing. So we've talked about how you need to consider your financial goals. You need to think about your ideal student and what matters to them. Here is what you don't need to think about. Here's what I want you to ignore. It's your competition. Just because someone is pricing their classes at $35 does not mean that you also need to be selling your classes at $35. I'm going to repeat that. Just because someone is selling their classes for $35 does not mean that you have to as well. Your experience is not a commodity. Okay, going back to the haircut example, there's a price for everyone. There's a reason why cheap haircuts exist and expensive haircuts exist. If you want to attract high-end clients and teach something that's really unique and have this one-of-a-kind experience, 
then you need to charge a premium for that. Now, on the other end, perhaps you want to teach classes to college students who don't have a lot of money, but they're looking for that transformation. They're trying to eat better from their dorm room. Then charge a price that makes sense for them. So I'm not telling you that you have to go high end, but you need to meet your ideal students where they are and don't just assume that they want the cheapest price possible. And you also want to make sure that you don't let your competition define your pricing for you. You have to define your pricing. Going back to what we said earlier, you know your financial goals. You know your ideal student. And just because someone else is teaching a class at $25 or $35, it doesn't mean that you have to. Just because someone might be teaching a class for $100 doesn't mean you have to teach a $100 class as well. It comes down to you and your business and your ideal student. And finally, I want to leave you with this little reminder because sometimes I think we get really caught up in trying to find that perfect price and not messing our pricing up. So I'm just going to let you know right now, your pricing can change. Okay. So what you start charging today doesn't have to be what you charge six months from now or even a month from now, a year from now. You are, you have the right to change your pricing accordingly. So if you find yourself getting stuck on pricing and that's the reason why you haven't moved forward with your online cooking classes, I want you to pick a price and move on. Just pick a price and move forward because when you take action, when you put your classes out there, you will get clarity and the market will respond. The market will help you understand whether your price is too low or too high. You'll see the types of students you attract. And if there is a mismatch in what you were hoping to attract and who you're attracting, or if you aren't able to make the financials work, then you've got to go back and reassess your pricing. But getting stuck in analysis paralysis and overthinking your pricing is not going to help move your business forward. All right, friends, that's it for today. We had three big questions, and I really, really hope you enjoyed this new Quick Bites Q&A format. Now that I think about it, it's actually really similar to the types of conversations we have in our coaching calls in Cooking Class Business School. This did feel like a coaching call, except I didn't get to hear you talk back, which is actually my favorite part of coaching. So if you're interested in learning more about Cooking Class Business School, and the framework I use to teach my students how to create profitable online cooking classes, then I want you to join me in my free masterclass. If you haven't checked it out yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can register for a time that works for you by going to hiddenrhythm.com slash masterclass. Finally, I want to hear from you. Did you like this new type of Q&A format? This isn't going to be our format for every single episode. But we are going to sprinkle some of these in, especially if you liked kind of this quick, rapid Q&A style. So just send me a DM on Instagram and share your thoughts. You can find me at Hidden Rhythm on Instagram. All right. Next week, we are back to our usual with an interview you won't want to miss. Until then, get excited to get experiential. 